man, nigga once told me like you never know who your true friends are until y'all um, both got a little bit of money. I mean, cause y'all both broke and it's no strain on the relationship. Y'all both broke. And if you got money, he ain't got no paper. He still needs you, so you'll never know how he really feel about you. When y'all both get your paper, you see. Yo, 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 what's going on, folks? This is your boy, the mad one, coming at you with my latest edition of the podcast, The Ballroom, where we take a look at a variety of sports from an urban perspective. And on tonight's show, we're going to talk some Houston Astros, Houston Texans are 0-3, we're going to do a high school recap, give a shout-out in the golf world, of course, bringing you our dumbass of the day and our latest edition of That's That Bullshit. We'll be right back, folks. Yes, sir. Welcome back, folks. First up on tonight's show, the Astros. Yep, they're on fire. They completed a three-game sweep of the Angels. They're currently sitting at 98-57. and Over the weekend, they were also able to punch their ticket to the postseason. However, they still have work to do to win the division. They're going into tonight's series. They have a four-and-a-half game lead through 155 games. We'll see what happens with the Astros. As it stands now, they'll if they're able to win the division, in a few weeks we'll welcome Cleveland in to begin the playoffs. So hopefully everyone's peaking at the correct time. Yuli Gurriel's been on fire, and the pitching staff, well, the pitching staff has been as solid as there is in baseball. So we'll see where it goes from here in the hunt for October for our Houston Astros. Be back, folks. Talk some NFL news. Yo, yo, folks. Welcome back to the show. Next up are Houston Texans. They fell to 0-3 when the 27-22 loss to the New York Giants at home on Sunday. In my opinion, the only team with the worst offensive line in Houston has got to be the Giants through the first three weeks of the season. However, we we found a way to lose the game. Just plain and simple. The run game is pitiful. Sean Watson, when your quarterback is your leading rusher, there's something wrong with the offense. Alpha Blue at four carries, 13 yards. Lamar Miller, our feature back, 10 carries, 10 yards. Folks, that gives us a combined total of 19 carries for 59 yards. Not sure about you guys, but I don't think you're going to win many games in the NFL if you can only rush for 60 yards. I mean, a passing game wasn't a whole lot better 
Watson was 24 for 40, 385 yards. Did have two touchdowns. Sacked three times with one interception. Not sure if it's the play calling or the execution, but there's definitely something wrong with the Houston Texans on the offense side, offensive side of the ball. The one bright spot on the offense is wide receiver Will Fuller caught five passes, 101 yards with a touchdown. Turnovers, poor defense, lack of a running game. Pretty much, you're not going to beat a whole bunch of teams in the NFL. I mean, defense played. There were some bright spots on the defense, put it that way. J.J. Watt had three sacks. First couple of sacks, uh, first sacks in a few years. Linebacker Cunningham, you were supposed to be our answer to being able to cover the tight ends. Ever since the existence of the Houston Texans, our weakness on defense has always been the ability to cover the tight end. You go back and look at the Houston Texans history. We have never had a linebacker that we would consider a coverage linebacker, either be able to handle running backs out of the backfield and the passing routes or tight ends down the middle of the field. Cunningham, you got beat for a touchdown down the middle. Then the Giants said, well, they don't have any linebackers to cover. We'll flare out our running back to wide receiver and throw him the ball. Completion. There are a lot of problems with the Houston Texans. I mean, of course, Bill O'Brien gives us our standard answer about we have to do better, blase, blase, starts with the coaching. You know, he made comments about the play calling. Well, you call him to play. I think it's either time for you to go as a play caller or as a head coach or as both. I mean, it's just my opinion. Time to move on to Indy, which don't have a much better record. They're one and two. They go on the road Sunday and, and see how this plays out. Well, the only good news over the weekend as far as Sunday goes in the NFL is, hell, the Cowboys lost too, 24-13 versus Seattle. So, said, as long as we lose and the Cowboys lose, I feel a whole lot better. It's just me. Be right back with a high school recap, folks. <laughs> Yo, welcome back, folks. Tonight's show, we're going to do a high school recap 
of some of the high school games that mattered in the Houston and surrounding area over the weekend. Cy Fair defeated Memorial 49-0. Katie took care of Cy Spring 59-7. The Woodlands topped College Park 24-17 to get back in the win column. South Houston have the best start in their past 43 years as they routed Humble 47-7. That's a shock. Tascacita defeated Kingwood 27-20. Wheatley defeated Kashmir 41-0. And Rochelle got a win over Sharpstown 68-0. Jersey Village were able to top Side Creek 28-21. And we want to give a big shout-out in the local college football as TSU was defeated 70-14 versus their crosstown rivals, their actual neighbors, University of Houston on Saturday. Shout-out to TSU. You put up 14. Hey, go over there and get that change for the athletic department. It's good for the city. Shout big ups to Rice. Shout out to University of Houston for for hosting TSU. Rice hosted Prairie View. It's good to see some of our, our inner city colleges do a little battle on on the gridiron. So big ups to TSU. Went over there and took that ass whooping like a man, like you thought you would. And and move on and get ready for swag play. Be right back, folks, with a couple shout-outs. We get on to our dumbass of the day and our latest edition of That's That Bullshit. Sir, welcome back, folks. The man right there over the weekend, Tiger Woods. Shout out Tiger. He had a two-shot win at the Tour Championship, the final tour of the season. And many of you are aware, Tiger hasn't won in a while. It's been five years since Tiger's won on the PGA Tour. With the win this weekend, gives him a total of 80 and leaves him three behind Ben Hogan for the all-time tour wins. When asked about his victory, an emotional Tiger said it, it felt surreal. And for many of you that don't keep up with golf or Tiger Woods for that matter, he, he's battled some off-the-course issues as well as some 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 medical issues that not many people would be able to come back and play golf at this level. Any of you golf fans out there or have played the sport know that if your body is not right, you cannot play golf at the highest level to be on PGA Tour. So good for Tiger. Shout out to Tiger. It cements his place on the Ryder Cup, so we'll we'll see what happens with that in a, in a couple of months. And a lot of people ask, well, is it good for golf? Ratings went up two hundred and six percent 
on Sunday watching Tiger win. I mean, for me personally, it makes it more enjoyable and it makes it fun to watch again. But just like anything else, as a society, we tend to beat each other down when things are down. But when Tiger was walking up the fairway to 18 for his final shots of the day to win the tournament, there were more others screaming and cheering for him. And I wonder if these were the same others when he was losing endorsements, when he wasn't winning tournaments. When he was breaking down on the golf course, were you those same people that was in his corner then, like you was in his corner on Sunday? Only you can answer that question. Big ups, Tiger. Way to go get that ass again. Yo, what's going on, folks? latest edition of Dumbass of the Day goes out to Amber Geiger. And many of you may not know the name, but she's the Dallas police officer who was charged, which has been charged with manslaughter and the shooting of a man inside his own apartment. Not only has Geiger been fired from the department, she was fired doing a hearing this week. And it, it just leads you to to the understanding of, of of well misunderstanding of how can you mistake your apartment, no matter how tired you are, for someone else's considering the fact that there have been, on occasion, a few incidents with the neighbor that she was accused of killing, Botham Shem. There were a lot of questions that were asked, well, what took so long? Why did it take so long to 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 fire this police officer? Because the Fifth Amendment prohibits self-incrimination and double jeopardy, and it guarantees due process for those accused of crimes. The Fifth Amendment. I wonder how many times. In the last 10 years, has that applied to some of the other killings involving police and black people? Of course, she has a right to appeal. However, what exactly 
are you going to appeal? I'm not sure what it is that you 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 planning on appealing, but the four year veteran posted three hundred thousand dollar bond in which she was released after the incident. The attorney for the family called the news of her termination a satisfactory solution. But they would also like to see her indicted on murder charges and is preparing a civil rights claim. He also went on to say that the termination of Geiger makes his case stronger and shows that the police department of Dallas thinks she obviously engaged in behavior that does not comport with a police officer. I just don't see how that makes that right. I agree with the termination. Fuck, I hope she gets manslaughter too. She killed an individual whom, come to find out, had problems in the past with and blamed it on fatigue and you thought you were in your own apartment. Ooh, we. Zamber Geiger, you are dumbass of the day. us to our latest edition of That's That Bullshit and it's the new NFL roughing the passer rule. Head, shoulders, knees or toes. You can't touch a quarterback or you'll be penalized and fined. As little as I have been watching the NFL this season, I have seen a few instances where this new rule has come into place. And I got to tell you folks, I'm I'm not sure what the hell football is in the NFL anymore. The new roughing the passer rule this year specifies that a rushing defender is prohibited from committing such intimidating and punishing acts as stuffing a passer to the ground or unnecessarily wrestling or driving him down after the ball has been thrown. When 
tackling a passer who is in a defensive-less posture after the ball is gone, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down and land on top of him with all or most of your weight. Instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arm and not land on the passer. Yeah, figure that shit out. You can tackle the quarterback, you can't land on top of him. Well, in three particular instances this year so far, the NFL has, has, in my opinion, made mistakes. For the second straight week, Green Bay Packers linebacker Clay Matthews have been penalizing, penalized for roughing the quarterback. Matthew clearly frustrated by the call said the NFL is not soft. The first one I can understand by definition of the rule. The second one, so you as the referee, the back judge, or is determining whether or not all or some of the defender's weight has landed on the quarterback. Same play in week one with Aaron Rodgers where the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, was through the ball, but the defensive player was still coming towards him, took him down, landed on the side of Rodgers, and was penalized for roughing the passer. This is a Matthews we're talking about. If you don't know the history of the Matthews family, look it up. They've been tackling since they before they can walk. They know how to tackle. Well, in tonight's game, Pittsburgh versus Tampa Bay, it was a particular play where the defensive lineman, number 93, Grady, hit Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh quarterback, did not drive him to the ground, did not even take him to the ground, knocked him to the ground, and was called for roughing the passer. And the NFL wonders why their ratings are down. I, I get it. Don't even try to say, well, they're trying to protect the quarterbacks. And they're, they're, they're. Yeah, well, the tell that to the Miami Dolphins who just lost one of their star defensive ends because he was trying to pull up to avoid hitting the quarterback and ended up tearing his ACL. Is it now 15 yards for tackling the passer? I, I was actually saw a meme today. I actually saw a meme today where this is how football is to be played now. Your man and probably his daughter were out in the front yard. She was 
pretending to be the quarterback. He was a defensive lineman. She dropped back for the pass. He scooped her up in his arms, put a pillow down on the ground, laid her on top of the pillow, and then celebrated. I, I don't... The NFL, you, you're just a fucking mess. You, you're a mess. But to continuously penalize teams and cost teams game. That week one penalty against Clay Matthews cost them the game. I, you're losing defensive player. Defensive linemen are, are hurting themselves trying not to get penalized for playing football. And NFL, you wonder why your viewing is down, your ratings are down, your interest is down. Amongst other things, they've taken football out of the sport. And that's that bullshit. Folks, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for tuning in. This is your boy, The Mad One. Follow me at all socials, except Facebook, at D underscore M-A-D-O-N-E. Until the next time we talk and you hear my voice, peace and love always. Your boy, done.